What is going on? You are listening to Tag's podcast, the original talk about gay sex podcast. I'm your host, Steve V, and this is episode 331. When we record this on Martin Luther King Jr. holiday, um, alongside Lincoln. How you doing, Lincoln? Happy New Year. It's good to be back. Doing Happy great. Happy New Year. Welcome back. Absolutely. We got a lot to talk to you about in just a sec. Joining us, of course, Cody Maurice Dolget. How are you? Hello, darlings. Happy MLK Day. I'm wonderful. How are you doing? Really good. And on that MLK note, I couldn't help but take this quote that I heard today that I think we can all benefit. Me personally, when I heard this, I was like, uh, was that meant for me? Mm. Quote, <laughs> if you can, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. Whatever you do, you have to keep moving forward. Martin Luther King Jr. Wow. Yeah. Um, that first is for of all, you. when I, <laughs> sober me, I, I total I, crawl, <laughs> total crawl these days. I think you guys all heard out there. I broke my ankle. This is one week out and my surgeon says I'm doing remarkable and I feel great. No pain meds, no nothing. So all good in the hood. And yeah. And so when I heard that, but that can apply to so many of us. I do think it is yeah. a little bit more of a metaphor than an actual <laughs> yes, scene absolutely. trying to get milk in the middle of the night. But we can go with whatever you, do, you want. No, but well, Hello. Moving, moving forward uh, definitely with everything. I think I quoted on the show that I'm turning, um, Biden had said this quote, and he was quoting somebody else, turn an obstacle into an opportunity. My friend Sebastian Lacaz said, use this time. Nothing ever happens without, you know, a reason and use this as an opportunity. And I am so many things as we about to celebrate five years of Tag's podcast coming up February 2022 here. Nice. And you'll see some of those rollouts where I am going to be taking an obstacle and turning it into an opportunity. One nice. on yeah, yeah. And on that note, um, you know, we haven't talked to you in a minute, Lincoln. I know. Something major happened to you that I'm so excited. You got oh. engaged to Peter. I did. What, tell, do tell, do tell. So around, when was it? It was before Thanksgiving. So around the end of October, I started thinking about Christmas gifts and life and everything as we move forward. And it struck me that I thought it would be a great idea to ask Peter to marry me on Christmas. Wow. It would wow. celebrate. <laughs> I know, know you and I are like. <laughs> <laughs> so it would celebrate three years and five days since our first date. And I'm really big on the threes, and I'm really big on listening to what's in front of Trinity. me and going with it. I mean, three, three is a huge number. I think I've gotten into that before on this show, but I love the three. And, uh -huh. um, you know, it's been a year since my mom passed, so I wasn't making yeah. any big decisions in that first year. And the year before my mom passed, I didn't want to rush something like that or try to have that be part of it. You know what I mean? So right, you were mourning, and yeah. I actually like when I first went and saw my mom right in April, as the pandemic was hitting the hardest, and she got home from the hospital, and she was her most lucid. Her and I actually talked about 
uh, Peter and I getting married. And she was like, I'm going to be here for the wedding and I'm going to do everything you tell me to, Stephen. And, you know, so I, I knew I had her blessing and I knew I just felt it was the right time. So I started thinking, like, how do I want to do this? And I, uh, after many things being thrown in the air, this was my plan. So, you know, nesting boxes, the box uh-huh. inside the box inside the box. inside. Okay. I have had yeah. a set of nesting boxes that are very cool, graphic, colored, six boxes that I've had forever and ever and ever. And they were given to me as a gift by some, this, my first graphic designer for the bakery. And I love them. So my plan was I put a box inside of a box. And when you, on Christmas morning, when he opened that box, it was a bunch of little like fortune cookie papers, bigger, but same idea, all black and white. And it said, rub, rub me down massage table massage table for california massage so the first gift was a brand new massage table for california because we have the room there we could give each other a massage peter's really good at giving a massage and we always say we need a table so merry christmas we got a massage table for california Hey, okay. Hey, okay. That you could have stopped there. I'm married. I would have been happy. So, <laughs> so then oh, get ready. So then there was a box inside of a box, and he opened that one up, and it was again, pretzel is here and on full alert today. Um Perfect. that was all these little pieces of paper, white paper, black letters that said XXX, triple X, dirty, filthy Ooh. shopping spree Ooh. at Mr. S in San Francisco. <gasps> yes. So that was the second gift. And so he knows he's going to San Francisco so to, to do a shopping spree and the massage table. And then I, uh, Oh my God. I've heard about show. That's so funny. I, uh, Aww. I wrapped Aww. the, I think you guys might've saw seen it on something, but the photo of Peter and I at the toys party, the toys yes, for Tots well, you party. Got COVID. Very, I did not get COVID. Other people oh, you didn't get COVID. No. Yeah, uh, sorry. Yeah, other people got COVID. Wow. Yeah, still don't have COVID, babe. <laughs> okay, good. All right. Careful All with right. that. When I do, I'll let everyone know, but that's my And I'm not going to. Anyway, where a lot of people got COVID, and I didn't even, obviously, I didn't plan that picture. When I saw that picture, I was like, this will be perfect. So I got a paper copy of the picture from Toys for Tots, put it in a white frame, wrapped it in a, wrapped it in a white box with white paper, and a white ribbon with a white gift tag that said, Merry Christmas, my boys love Gloria. So there was a gift to Peter and I, Peter and I from my mom. And he didn't know that that would like symbolize our engagement picture, but that's kind of like her blessing. So that was Christmas morning. Now, just a little caveat to this. When Peter and I landed in, uh, California, he had the worst headache ever. Okay. And it was the kind of headache that just flattened him. And we oh. deduced that it was probably a sinus infection. So we were on the phone a lot with the doctor. He did not know I was asking him to marry me. What do you do? Cancel the engagement because of a headache? <laughs> no. Whoa. But then we got him. Peter's a trooper. So Peter's like, I'm fine. Don't worry. I'm fine. I need to go lay down. Uh-huh. I'm fine. I need to go lay down. So then we got him antibiotics, which kind of upset his stomach. And so he wasn't doing great. And I was just like, Peter, we just need to get through Christmas. Because all I told him was, we're going into the city to go to my family's for Christmas. It's the first time I've gone in three years. 
It was something my mom always did every Christmas. And on our way, we're going to snap a picture at the Golden Gate Bridge. That was all he knew. And I'm like, you could sleep in the car. And he's so focused on the headache. Like, yeah, he's half awake and he's like, you know, his head is really bad. No clue at all. No clue at all. (laughs) Right. So my cousin Paula came to the house in Walnut Creek. She sat in the back seat. I did not tell anyone about this except for one person in California, my really good friend, Marty, and she's amazing. Um, She's like my mom in California. And then Paula, because I needed someone to do photos and videotape me doing it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Paula got in the back seat. We drove to the Golden Gate Bridge and we're driving. Peter's like in and out in the passenger seat. And I'm like, well, it's not raining that hard. It's literally pouring. Oh, and no. then it's clear as day. And then it's pouring. And then oh, it's clear goodness. as day. So we're driving. And as we're going over the Golden Gate Bridge, I'm like, see? There's some people out here, and it started pouring. And he's like, yeah. And they're running for their lives, Stephen. <laughs> and right as I hit the peak of the Golden Gate Bridge, which, by the way, side note, the reason I wanted to do the Golden Gate Bridge is my father was a mechanical engineer at U.S. Steel, where my mom mm-hmm. was a paralegal, and that's where they met. My oh. grandfather was the head of maintenance at U.S. Steel. His father was an engineer at U.S. Steel and his father's father worked at U.S. Steel and they made the gold, the steel that held up the original Golden Gate Bridge. Oh my God. So, and we have pieces of the Golden Gate Bridge in the house in Walnut Creek. Like the U.S. Steel and the Golden Gate Bridge are big. So that's why I wanted to do it in the middle of there. And so as we're going over the top and it's pouring down rain, I see the Palace of Fine Arts. And it is like this beautiful little bouquet of architecture with a little ray of light, like shining on it while we're like in the middle of like rain. And I Mm -hmm. said, we'll do the picture. You just had two Madonna songs in there. Oh, yes, I did. (laughs) (laughs) I should have known that was coming. I just had to clock that. Believe. (laughs) Thinking it. Um, so, I mean, you, you can't help yourself, but I love it. So I said, let's cherish the moment. Uh, and I get it. So I drove straight to the Palace of Fine Arts, which is, I mean, I've, I saw Marianne Williamson do lectures there when I lived in San Francisco. It's very beautiful. I love it a lot. We drove straight to a parking spot. We didn't have to look for one. We got out of the car. We went to the center dome. <laughs> what? I, well, and guess what? As we got out, the rain started to stop. And oh, as we walked to the amazing. dome, it was really cold. We were in the dome. Um, he, I, I pulled out a, a nesting box. And inside of the last box were all of these color pieces of paper. I finally introduced color into oh. what I was doing. And in the middle of it was this one inch high, six foot long ticker tape in black and white. And I said, just read it. And he slowly unrolled it. And it said, you are the man of my dreams. I never thought I would ever find someone who loves me as unconditionally as you do. Let's build bridges together and with the rest of the world for endless love for the rest of our lives together. Never stop looking into my eyes. And when he looked in my eyes, I got down on one knee and asked him to marry me. Oh, I'm getting teary-eyed myself here. Oh, thanks. Wow. And uh, he said yes. And then I stood up and I had my father's wedding ring and my grandfather's ring. And those are the rings that we're using as our engagement rings. 
Wow. So we have history on us. And then we got back in the car and Marianne Williamson FaceTimed us and congratulated Mm. us and asked if she could do the ceremony. Oh, my God. And then we got in the car and I said, okay, we're going to go to the cemetery and I'm going to tell my grandparents and everyone there that I'm engaged. And we went to the it's very italian we went to the italian cemetery which by the way was like hear the music uh, right which was a mile <laughs> from our christmas dinner because my my cousin lives like out in daly city right by the italian cemetery so we drove to the italian cemetery and with paula my cousin who also hadn't been there in forever and we were like merry christmas i'm like noni no no look i'm engaged and wow. and you know we just stood there for a minute and then i went well you know my mom's ashes need to go in here. And when we take care of that, maybe we could do our ashes in here as well. And my cousin went, did you really go from like engagement to cremation in like an hour? Oh <laughs> my like, Apparently I did. Never mind. Yeah, it's only <laughs> Lincoln could do. Right. Only I no stone unturned. <laughs> no stone. We're always planning. And I was a boy scout. So then we went to Christmas dinner, which will now, from here on out, Christmas will be the day we got engaged. Christmas dinner will always be partially our engagement dinner. And what the crazy thing, you know, he felt better. We extended our trip to, so we could celebrate our engagement a little bit more. And then when I was telling my dad and his wife, Margaret, the story, I was in the middle of the story. My dad went, Stephen, you know, you're forgetting something. And I went, what are you talking about? He said, my father, Fred, my my father's father, my grandfather, right? Mm-hmm. The center of the Golden Gate Bridge is where he requested his ashes be thrown. Oh, my God. Oh my so God. it was like the other side of the family had that moment, too. So when wow. we go back to California the next time, we're going to go to the Golden Gate. Hopefully, it'll be a beautiful day. Take a bunch of pictures and just kind of celebrate the bridge. And now the Palace of Fine Arts and Mirror Woods and the Golden Gate, all that has like we get to investigate that and check it out and relax there and have fun there as our engagement place. So very wow. exciting. So amazing. That's beautiful yeah. story. Feels really yeah. good. Thanks. When I get married, if I ever get married, I need for your, I need your help to Sorry. plan out everything. So I'm good for stuff like that. <laughs> that. You got me, gorgeous. Cody. Don't worry. <laughs> Thank you. Well, congratulations. Thanks. And, you know, thanks for bringing those pictures to life on what really went on because it, I'm so excited and I love you both. So I'm just really excited for it all. So that's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that, Steve. All right. Well, let's get into some hot topics here. And here we are again as COVID is on the rise. And can a gay cruise keep 5,500 people safe amid COVID? I feel like we had this discussion like in 2020 and here we are again. But, you know, Atlantis Cruise is celebrating their 30th anniversary. And by doing that, they're chartering up a 5,500 person Caribbean cruise marking the 30th, the company's 30th anniversary. Um, They insist that its vaccination mandate, testing requirements, and health protocols are enough to provide a safe environment for guests throughout the voyage. Many passengers um, and many passengers are convinced. Listen to what this one German guy said when asked about this. He said, it's time to start living our lives again, and vaccine and tests allow us to do that. This isn't COVID 2020, says Andre Mayer, a graphic designer from Germany, who paid more than four 
thousand dollars for the wow. week-long cruise on, on board Royal Caribbean's Oasis of the Seas. Quote. This is going to be the wildest party for our community in two years. I'm talking dirty dancing, sex, drugs, raves, orgies, and sweet, sweet freedom. Okay, Andre. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah, so they are setting sail. Oh, and the other thing that the article went on to say was given Atlantis's policy that they're apparently not changing is a two-month rule where you cannot... Uh, cancel your trip if it's more than two months before the trip mm-hmm. where it got me thinking a little bit because I was supposed to from my holiday travels go on to Palm Springs and enjoy the New Year's well when uh-huh. my ankle occurred I said oh no no I gotta cancel that and get back to New York well I was so surprised but but to learn that all airlines right now, if you cancel your flight, you don't get charged, no penalties. Correct. Wow. So I, they just yeah. went into a bank, which I, I fly Alaska, and I'll just use it another time. Right. Uh, Atlantis, on the other hand, is not doing that. Um, <laughs> and so, y- yeah, right. And it <laughs> also got me thinking, no. And I thought, I get it. They have protocol and all that. But what with all that we know about this virus and and we i i also got to thinking too that many of i've been on these cruises many Mm -hmm. of their they've got a wide varied age group of passengers that come on there they're not all young that could get over the coronavirus many are you know 60 plus and many probably bought this when things when we had no omicron in the air and many are immunocompromised. Yep. You know, many of those are, are you know, undetectable, but HIV mm-hmm. positive. I don't know. Well, yes, I, I wish them well, but what's your thoughts on this, Cody? And like, look, is this um, a good idea? Because <laughs> we don't I, want to poo-poo on their vacation. Yes, but, you know. I don't. I really want to say, oh, it'll be fine. It's time for us to start living our lives again. But for me, I've never been on one of these cruises, but for me it just screams of irresponsibility i feel like yes we should be living our lives we should also be wise in the decisions that we make in in living our lives i can't imagine being in an enclosed space with 5000 people on a ship in during the height of a pandemic it's not covid is not over yet it just doesn't scream wise decision making to me it's it gives me very much not the love boat. What is the opposite of the love boat? Because that's what this is. Because this is crazy yeah. to me. Isaac is not on yeah. there. <laughs> and you know they planned all this stuff way ahead of time at Lincoln and without knowing Omicron was around. Sure. But do you, what's your thoughts on this? Do you think that they should give some of their passengers an out if, if they wanted it? Well, I think they if should you- definitely give them an out, hands mm-hmm. down. I don't know the difference between the Atlantis cruise and the Vakaya cruise, but the Vakaya mm-hmm. cruise just got back. They passed each other in the night. Um, oh. Actually, my good friend Corey Craig said, if you see lasers, let me know, because the, the ships apparently <laughs> crossed. I don't think you could actually see each other's ship. Who knows? Right, um, right. But I don't know if Vakaya would give it back or not. Some of the feedback that I read online, because I have done a Vakaya cruise for my 50th, Steve, you and I did that together. Yeah, we did. Um, was... 
some people they they quarantined people to certain floors of the ship if they tested positive for mm-hmm. corona. One guy got quarantined to those floors, but even though he didn't test positive for corona, he was really sick. So they mm-hmm. said, even though you're not testing positive, we still want you to be quarantined. Apparently, they brought those people endless food, endless drink, endless entertainment, whatever that looked like. The review, the stuff I saw on, I'm sure, a very heavily edited cruise posting area. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't yeah. Know. I, I like so. That there's that. I also I got a full refund. I actually sold it to someone for my room at Mal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mid Atlantic oh, right. leather was this Which past one? weekend, correct? And I go every year from Thursday to Monday, and I was looking forward to showing off Peter, and we would have been engaged, yay! But I have to say, two weeks before Mal, half of the people I know at Mal are from Berlin or or Australia or San Francisco or Chicago, and I'm not going to have fun there. Yeah, like I went, we went to Battleham on the 4th of July last year. And we had a mm-hmm. great time. And a week later, 10 people had COVID. And that yeah. that sinking feeling in your stomach of, oh my God, oh my God, what did we do? Toys for Tots, which you guys mentioned before. We went on that. So I had the best time at Toys for Tots this year. I saw people I haven't seen forever. And two days later, when Whoopi Goldberg was off The View saying that she was around people who were near COVID, and I got the email saying that COVID was rampant. And then I talked to my doctor, and he said over 50 of his patients got COVID from Toys for Tots. That is a horrible, horrible feeling. So you can live your best life and do everything. I hate that phrase at this point. But that you you think you want to do, I don't like that after feeling. So I am going to choose not to do it. Yeah, and I guess some of these guys, you know, maybe if they're lucky, they could sell it like you did yours if you were on this. Yeah, I don't know if they could to... sell their their room. Maybe that's that's a that's a and if they're they if they allow people to do that, great. Yeah, and you know, I, a friend of mine was telling me on a on a straight cruise, a regular cruise that he went on, that he was quarantined at, on a recent cruise, and he ended up being thought well it's fine i'll just be in my room they didn't put him they put him in a a not deluxe room and food was not like you just described it plentiful and drinks it was pretty basic and bare minimum i would want to hopefully know what's your protocol in the event of hopefully part of what atlantis is saying that we're prepared is dealing with those questions if we do get and i would imagine if you're going on excursions which you know, I would opt if you're just, this isn't Europe they're going to, they're going to the Caribbean and it seems like a party on the boat. So hopefully most people are probably just going to stay aboard, but I would imagine they're going to do testing. If you want to go on an excursion, testing to come back. And so they're going to take those precautions and we'll see. I mean, yeah, again, like, yeah. like you ahead. said though, in the beginning, remember in 2020 when the pandemic was fresh and new and everybody went to the white party and then slowly but surely one case after the other came back and i feel like that's what this is it's looking very similar to that instance it's i'm foreseeing i don't know if i could see the future i don't know if i turned into a a medium all of a sudden but that's what it's looking (laughs) like it's going to be from this cruise and it's really scary to me so 
Yeah. Well, we wish them well, and I'm sure we'll have more reports on this because it's just one of those stories that and it's just going to pop up. Can I just say one thing? Um, I hope that they all have the time that they wanted. I hope that any other people that plan travel have the time that they want. I hope no one gets COVID. If it ends up being a super spreader thing, there's no reason to throw them all under a bus for going. Or a ship. It is, yep. Or a ship. It is what it is. People are making their choices. We have people right now, Peter and I were just talking, going into his boutique today from Florida, no mask, wanting to buy shoes, like there is nothing going on. So we all Except have our bubble. From Florida. Well, but in Florida, <laughs> there is no virus. And you can blame Florida. You can blame the media. You can blame yeah. the mentality. You can blame our former president. You can blame anyone you want. It's still the world we live in. Yeah. Like right now, I am taking the reason we're able to do this a little earlier tonight is I am taking a hiatus from teaching. A lot mm -hmm. of the professionals in the fitness industry that do group fit right now, if they can afford it, they're taking a hiatus because our rates in this city right now are really high. But I saw in the news tonight that they've dropped about 12%. That's big. Oh. By February yeah. 1st, New York City is going to be a place you can come to and enjoy again. But Middle America or the West Coast might have another scenario. We just have to be smart and educated. And I hope people are doing their best. And I wish them well. I hope no one really gets sick because that's really not the point of this. We so, all wish that here at Tags. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, moving on. Uh, over the holiday, something big happened uh, in December. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration approved Apritude, which is an extended release formulation of cabotegravir. And that's an injectable prep for HIV pre-exposure. And it's so funny because when we started the show, as we are about to celebrate five years, Jeremy Ross Lopez and I, our co-hosts, we're talking to a doctor at Columbia University way back when in our first year, and she was talking about an injectable prep on the early stages of just the development of this. And to be five years out here, and it's actually this year in the US, injectable prep is here. You will get two shots a month, I believe, is how it will be administered. And I think it's going to be such a game changer for so many people for a lot of different reasons. Um, what's your thoughts on this, Cody, on, on the two trials that happened and how do you think this is, will be a game changer? Oh, for sure. It's definitely something I want to look into. I, I think it's amazing. I think that it's going to be so much easier. Anything that makes it easier for people to protect themselves is, is, is a benefit is a win in my book. And, now all we need is a vaccine or even yet, better yet, a, a cure for HIV. I think that that's the next step in this. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's funny, Lincoln, because I know in the past we've talked about a daily pill. And I said, oh, yeah, this, I remember saying this in your response. I, I said, yeah, sometimes I got to remember to take that pill. And you said, how do you not remember? You put yours all out in a, a, a very organized way. Um, but for someone like me, I think this will be somewhat of a game changer. What are your thoughts on injectable prep on rolling out this year? I think it's great. I believe in a vaccine for COVID. I believe in prep for HIV. Uh, it opened up the doors for us to be able to have sexual expression again and not worry like we mm -hmm. used to. It, it took away the death sentence of sex for so many of us. 
And if there is an injectable that is safe and can do the same thing, great, great. I'm 100% there. The only thing I'm going to say is I still see things on certain threads on social media about suing the pharmaceutical company for side effects from Travada uh, that people who didn't have it work out for them. So, Mm. you know, it's just like everything else. It's not a hundred percent proof. Yeah. You know your body better than anyone else. Like like I was saying during the engagement story, I can take any antibiotic at any time, knock on wood. For Peter, antibiotics don't work for him. So wow. as we move forward, some people that are on prep, that's really hard on their kidneys and their liver. The injectable might be a lot better for them. So this could be a step up for those people. And in other people, it could affect them differently. So just I'm excited about it. I think it's great. Just be careful, because again, we're we're trying our best, right? Nothing's one hundred percent. Nothing's one hundred percent. The story that I will post on tagspodcast.com also talks about it's even that much more percentile up of preventing you than the daily pill, oh, which wow. is that's amazing. really good. There's some other details in here that I'll let it re, uh, listeners kind of sift through on making their own health choices on this matter, but I'm all for it. And I love the progression. I just love that, you know, five years ago, we were talking about studies of this happening. And here we are rolling it out in 2022, something to cheers to for our sex positivity. So congratulations on that. Um, And before we've got some advice to give from two listeners, I can't wait for that. But I've got one more doozy of a story for you out and apparently you know we all love and talked about on this show how we love outdoor sex mm-hmm. but is gay sex outdoors destroying some of our shorelines what <laughs> that's the title of a brand new metro source article um they all they toot to the benefits uh, of or the desire that we all have of having sex on the beach and i'm not talking about the cocktail y'all but Apparently, there's an unfortunate downside to these uplifting activities. Intrepid beachcombers are blazing a trail of destruction as they chart a course towards sensual gratification, writes Metrosource. So here in the or in the Canary Islands specifically are experiencing the man-made raw effects of random romps on the dunes. Oh, um, according to a report by the Daily British Daily Mail, tourists are trampling delicate shorelands and leaving behind condoms, wipes, and worse. What? Quote, there are an abundant there are abundant studies that have addressed the issues of the relationship between tourism and sex tourism explains a Grand Canaria spokesperson, quote, but few have analyzed the consequences of these practices on the natural environment, especially when the spaces where these activities take place are protected areas. Um, They go on to say that things were kind of eroding parts. uh, The direct impacts generated around the sex spots can be observed in several ways. How do you ask? Well, impacts on the vegetation, the abandonment of waste, or the presence of urine, urinal and defecation. Ooh, well, that's apparently what's going on. Research indicates <laughs> that research does indicate that excessive excrement has caused an uncontrolled increase in vegetation in the inner zones, reducing the area occupied by the dunes and increasing the erosion, affecting biodiversity, and generating a very negative impact 
on the animals and plants living in the zone. Oh, wow. If this continues, the dune reserve might disappear in less than a generation. Wow, that's a that's crazy. I don't know. <laughs> what are your thoughts on I mean, people are sloppy Lincoln, right? When they Listen, I don't have... understand garbage. I don't mean it badly, but I understand I don't understand people throwing a coffee cup on the street or a cigarette mm-hmm. butt in a gutter or a condom on a dune. Pick up after Correct. yourself, people. It is our planet. Right. We all fucking live here. What is wrong with you? And I get really, right. really angry about it. This is why I don't believe in guns. Because I would kill 20 people and be in prison by now. It's literally that serious to me. Pick up your garbage. Pick up your dog shit. Pick up your garbage. If you see a garbage can that's overflowing with garbage, don't balance your fucking coffee cup on the top of it. Find another garbage can. I pick up garbage all the time in New York City. I walk around. I look down. I pick it up. I throw it in a garbage can. I wash my hands. It's not hard. And I believe we have a little bit more problem with our environment because of plastic bottles and cars and everything else than a couple homos fucking on a dune. So I think this is kind of stupid. Yeah, I mean, I'm... Was that a little too harsh? No. uh, Well, (laughs) the garbage... Because it's the truth. The garbage... Wake up. Wake up. uh, The garbage, 100%. I'm so with you. We... I think my mother (sighs) would have spanked my bottom like into kingdom come as she used to say if we even threw a piece of gum out yeah you know, into the I mean, and by the way there are preserved dunes throughout our lands well, that tourists should not be walking on should not be camping on should not be do have sex there well okay but it doesn't matter if you walk <laughs> on it or you have sex on it you still shouldn't be on the dune there is that yeah. to be said i'm not i'm not saying that we should have the right to go to an area that should not be walked on. It's just like when you go in a museum and they say, don't touch the paintings. You don't yeah. touch the painting. Like, let alone have sex on the painting. <laughs> Hello. Yes, that's a, that's a great, yeah, read the Come signs. Come on, read the sign, like, pay attention, pick up your garbage. Yeah, and it's interesting because he, you know, Cody, Lincoln has definitely about the garbage for sure. Um, this was a particular study, though, in a dune area in the Canary Islands, so it was very specific, but... You know, specific does lead to reality. Um, The one thing about the defecation and the peeing, I think that really got me because I think you really need to think about the land that you're on and be conscious of that. What are your thoughts on this, Cody? I just want to know why they're they're defecating and they're peeing on like that doesn't even make any sense to me. And I agree with Lincoln one hundred percent. People should be cleaning up after themselves. I don't mind. I love having outdoor sex, but if you're going to do it, do it respectfully and do it with the mindset that you want to leave it better than you than than you came to came on it with. <laughs> Yeah. And you don't want Greta Thunberg on the gaze, okay? She will come for your neck. She does but, not play okay, around. Miss Greta is not playing, and she's very young, so she's about to take. Yeah, we're gonna hear more from her. It just doesn't make sense to me. But it never, it never had. The person is not caring about Greta's opinion or anything else that leaves stuff like that behind. It's true. Do you know what I mean? But well, you like, know what? But there used to be places in the Bay Area that were like little tea rooms back in the late 80s, early 90s. And I remember whenever I would go to places like that, I would clean up if it was messy. Because if you leave leave proof, they're gonna shut it down. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not it's unlike so, anything. It's, so it's unlike dumb. not anything else in the world. If you go to the park, for example, here we have Central Park or wherever, there are, you know, pick you pick up after your garbage. I remember going to the nude beach for the first time this past summer in New Jersey, and there there. Sorry, pretzel pretzel, Peter's home, and I'm sorry. I'll put it on uh, mute. Sorry. No, <laughs> I remember going to this nude beach for the first time and knowing that there, we were like, "Where's the garbage cans?" Like we brought all. Well, they specifically have no garbage cans in sight because you, whatever you take, you bring back you with, take you, with and you. you. That's and so those rangers right. were those rangers were in full effect. If, they saw one thing, and it was the most pristine beach that I've been to, really in a long time. And it was a nude beach, so it's kind of, or when you go to a sex club, right? There are rules that even your your dirtiest fun sex club you have. I'm sure, you know, what's the one in Berg next to Berghain, Lincoln? A laboratory. A laboratory. You know, there's some rules and regulations that y- you got to read the fine print. Yeah. Obviously, Mother Nature doesn't always have fine print but there probably will be some that they post outside of the canary islands and these some of these dunes that pick up after yourself don't defecate in there or you know pee in the ocean if you can yeah um the i think it's a wake up call in living just be- in this world like you know just by living in the world what you should and what you should not be doing on the beach and what you should be leaving on the beach not shit basically thank you i will Don't say though across the yeah. board i've been around in the, for a long as we all have but i've been around for a long time the same thing is happening in gyms in the steam room people leave things behind and that's yeah. why things get shut down that's why things don't last like if you're trying to do something on the down low and get, not get caught and have it be in public well then don't get caught by leaving your garbage behind because it's just going to shut it down or then there's like this is a little <clears throat> Off topic, but not at all, because the article came out. That's why there's conversations in management of some gyms that I've worked at in the past that are like, oh, we need to shut down the steam room or, you know what, let's not market to gay people as much. Mm -hmm. Let's try it. And I'm like, what is happening for two people getting frisky in a steam room? Yeah, These meetings are happening. But of course they are because people are making a mess. And then it turns into like they're homophobic. And I'm like... Oh my God, this is so twisted. If people just pick up their garbage and are respectful, none of these conversations would go on. You know what I mean? Well, I love it. And I'm going to follow up after we get to advice on a new story about an exhibit you can watch here in New York that does celebrate by the peers sex in the 70s throughout the 80s. We'll talk about that in a second. Oh, fun. But yeah, but right now we are, we've got to give you some advice um, as we're running out of time here. But I'm, I love it when you guys write in and we are here to give. The first one actually is... This listener, Carlos, wants us to give our take on this, and I want to know what you guys think. What is going on, you guys? I'm a new listener and love the podcast. I wanted to reach out and recommend a topic that I think you guys would find interesting. I was recently on Twitter and discovered that video titled 75 Loads was trending. Turns out even the straights got a hold of this video and were giving out their opinions. The video, 75 Loads, is from a Twitter user, at Breed L.A. Cumhole, and oh, on his nice account, Alcar, uh, and on his <laughs> account, he is documenting a series of videos of him getting penetrated and apparently receiving seventy-five anonymous loads in the course of twenty hours, nonstop, 
at a motel, not a motel, telling guys, <laughs> any guys to come over and drop a load in him. It has been trending and has brought interesting opinions and conversations about the individual. On one corner, Carlos writes, you have people praising him and defending him, while others have concerns and are stating that it is wrong and not what the gay community should be condoning. There's a lot of questions myself, and I'm sure others may have, such as, was this going too far? Wow. Mm. That's a lot there. That I mean, I was lot. thinking about <laughs> I was thinking about this because I get a, a chance to read this ahead of time, and I had some conflicting thoughts on this initially. Um, is it wrong? No, is my if that's just a blanket statement. I don't think it's wrong. I think any fetish. I mean, come wanting to have come and is hot. We like so many of us love that. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It got me thinking, though, when you make something public and you're putting it out there for social media to you know, 75 loans and counting or whatever the case may be, that it becomes less about, I don't know, your fetish and more about the shock value. Mm -hmm. And I don't, and I think. I also wonder because the only time I ever heard about something like this was through a video that had to do with chem sex. Okay. And it had to do the reason the person was so wanting so many loads like this, it became almost robotic. It was because they were yeah. on crystal meth. Yeah. And that to me then is not a good thing if that's, but that no, no signs of this and this thing. I don't know, Lincoln, what are your thoughts when you first heard this? Um, well, first of all, the account's been suspended. Oh, you looked it up? I would have. I just looked it up and it's been suspended. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Oh, my video. Goodness. Dang it. <laughs> and then we got up to the date info here. There is a happy medium here, though. You guys saw Dawson's porn movies back in the day, right? Dawson Ooh. takes 20 load. Dawson. Look oh, at it. I did not. okay. Yeah, Maybe. Dawson. Dawson, beautiful not guy. Not Dawson's Creek. No, not I was Dawson's like, Creek. Dawson from Dawson's Creek? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's more like Dawson's Crack. Huh? Um, <laughs> so this is not a new thing. It doesn't have to be crystal meth induced to go Correct. down this road. Um, yeah. Okay. I, I, I don't... I Putting it up on public, sure. Having it be a private account that you have to let people in to see it of course that you don't want children to see that it yeah. is what it is it happens you know remember the old bug chaser bullshit that used yeah. to go on yeah. sometimes i look around with this virus with corona and i'm like wow it's like bug chasing all over again people don't care yeah. about anyone else and they're just care. out talking and chatting and screaming and yelling and no mask and bar 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 wow those are what you need to be part of this club that's so weird to me. So again, life is lived on many levels. I hope everyone is okay. If that's your fetish, there's places yeah. to watch it. You know what I mean? He, but I don't think it's the gay community needs to be worried about putting this forward. Like that's a little extreme to me. What do you mean? Like, didn't you say earlier, like this isn't a good thing for the gay community to be putting forward? Oh. Like, I don't like uh, phrases maybe. like that, because I don't mm, think yeah. just because someone's taking 100 lows on Twitter, they don't have the power of the gay community. They have the yeah. power of opening a Twitter account, and yeah, which is nothing, and themselves. And right now, there is so much um, 
uh, as we, this is such a moot point. It's so reductive to even say this, but people go online, they get 5,000 followers and they think they're fabulous. They're just yeah. a person. We're all just people, you know, like I went to this school. This person's to... getting 75 loads. And Yay. Okay. Maybe well, that's fabulosity for him. Absolutely. And he probably didn't have enough love as a child and hopefully he'll find Aww. it in the future. I don't know what to say. I mean, Come on. yeah, the part about it, Cody, that is interesting to me, is it wrong? No, I don't think we have enough information to know. I mean, I don't think anything is wrong. He's not harming anybody. And those people mm-hmm. that went and gave him those 75 loads, it sounds like everybody did it copacetically and in their choice. And the part about playing him, maybe there's a fetish, as I said at the top, uh, I thought that could be an alarming point. But you know what? Maybe that's a fetish, too. A part of sort of a voyeuristic thing. It is. He's getting something out of... Maybe not in person, but voyeur, social media-istically, voyeuristically putting it out there and getting oh, yeah. his... I could see that. And, and that could be the whole thing, too. Um, Just like anything... I don't know. Have you guys... Look, next time you're in a porn mode, Google sketchy sex. Okay. Yeah, it's well, all, you yeah. know the whole sketchy sex world. So. That's a whole nother category. That's, <laughs> it is. And it's it fantasy is. life and it's fabulous and it's wonderful. There is someone doing it. What they're going through is their own journey. You know what I so mean? I, what are your thoughts? Ready? I agree. I, I, and I don't want to sound like a hypocrite by saying, because I have watched those things before. But for me, it sounds like this is on the verge of being harmful to this person, to their physical and their, their mental well-being. That and so there's a fine line like you said Lincoln everything what part, about Cody, what part? the fact that he's having anonymous loads be and just calling anybody to to put them in him he needs a he it sounds to me from what I I glean from this story he's he's trying to have a void filled in his life so but yeah I, it's a numbers game and it's also a numbers game too we just talked about injectable prep and how that's not even a hundred percent so you are now 70 75 times in your outcome of maybe that there's going to be a couple ones that might not be covered by your prep and you know if that's even what he's on or syphilis he is still a but thing. those are exactly. right those are two separate things you all three of us know right now the MAL had a lot of that going on, and the cruise ship we were talking about has a lot of that going He's on. He's going to be having a it's lot of great. that, too. It's wow. a sexual it fantasy. Some people, this is the way they blow off steam. They can be an executive at a huge company, and the, this is how they blow off steam. There's nothing wrong with that. And, I'm and not we, trying to kink shame, but it almost okay. sounds like sex addiction to me, honestly. I'm sure it is. Are you kidding? That's okay. There's... What about, Cody, the part about playing it out in social media? I think that that is him, again, trying to fill a void in his life. And by getting these uh, the likes or the retweets or what have you, whatever you get, whatever you gain by posting on something like this on social media. Yeah, you know what? You know what brings to my attention is, well, the, the thing that I was thinking about, too, was, you know, it's almost like when you were younger and people would brag like sex bragging rights mm-hmm. and people like, mm-hmm, I slept with, you know, him or I slept with, or back in high school, I slept with her and you, everybody in the class knew who had slept with who. And it was kind of the bragging rights yeah. quotient. And if you really just wanted to have a certain type of sex and sex, 
in general, aside from telling like your booze, your best friends and all that kind of stuff, what's the need to then share with the social media planet that 75 and counting, um, unless you were using it as, hey, you know, come to this motel and I'm here waiting to go. It was more of a cry for attention, mm-hmm. which, like I said, could be a fetish in and of itself, but it does scream a little bit like you were saying, Cody. Of, yeah. What I find interesting. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you go ahead. What I find interesting is I see this is a very dramatic case and I really enjoy the conversation. <laughs> I see a lot of cries for attention these days, yeah. period. It doesn't yeah. have to be this dramatic. It's just like, oh my God, are we really that deprived of communing with other people because of the pandemic? Not really understanding where we are as a society or as a community or as individuals. I mean, there just seems to be a lot of thirsty, needy extremes going on. And I'm not and judging okay. them. I just I witness them and I go <laughs> I, I okay. Feel a little bit attacked. No. Where did, no, no, no. no, where, yeah, no. Well, I, I know I look at the, this is. Don't people say they look at social media for an hour and then they don't feel good about themselves? Yes. Like I look at that and I just see a lot of sadness. And like I said, thirstiness, I don't see fabulousness. I just see everyone thinking they're now the star. I don't know. It's there's a bigger thing brewing, I think going on. Well, I know it's going on. I definitely can see. Well, I hope that uh, Carlos, I hope you liked our weighing in on that one. And we've got to move on before we wrap up the show to Adam. Adam writes, hey, Tags, obviously I'm a huge fan. Not obviously, but we glad you are (laughs) of your podcast. Um, My name is Adam. I live in New York. I'm 27 and have been in a relationship with my partner, gay, cis, male, 25 for five years. Before I met him, I identified as bisexual but had only had penetrative sex with cis women. Of the women I had sex with, I was only able to stay hard and come with girlfriends I had real feelings for, but was never able to stay hard with strangers. After a year of being together, Benson and I decided to open the relationship up. After four years of trying it out with strangers, I continue to have the same issues I've always had. I can't stay hard with someone I don't know. Even when we have threesomes with someone who exclusively bottoms, I end up watching the two of them have a great time while I try to get hard again and forget coming. It's never happened. Mm -hmm. I've ruled out ED, erectile dysfunction. I can obviously get and stay hard. Guilt, jealousy, or anxiety around STDs. He's on prep, so these are not concerns. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe I'm just, he, he writes, maybe I'm just more emotionally sexual emotionally sexual than physical yeah. and you ask is that a thing regardless yeah. i would love to grow out of this for good and enjoy sex with strangers because i feel like i'm missing out he has a second part addendum to this but i feel like we should just address this first part first okay. before i get to the next part um cody what are your thoughts on this yeah it's definitely a thing i'm a very emotionally sexual person as well i can't get hard for the camera i've documented that here before and i think that For him, what I would recommend is that he maybe gets to know the person that's worked for me before. Yeah, that's what I was going to suggest too. Yeah, sit down, have a drink, 
and then move things to the bedroom and just be patient with yourself. The more pressure that you put on yourself, the harder, pun intended, but not intended, it will be to actually get an erection. (laughs) You know, a little candlelight, some R&B music or whatever floats your boat and a cocktail if you're imbibing or whatever you're imbibing can make a, a whole evening with somebody new um i've always felt the same way too about hookups it's why i tend to meet most of my hookups when i'm out in the bar situation because i can have a conversation and and really work that sexual energy and chemistry reaction chemical reaction that happens when you meet somebody in real life that you don't get on the apps even when some of my most successful hookups on the apps have been with going over to their place or having them come over here and sitting down, lights are dimmed, having a cocktail, talking a bit to kind of just get into it and see this sort of wham bam thing. I can have those moments in a sex club for sure. But if it's, if it's like with my partner or something like that, I kind of, I recommend the same thing too. get into the mood and, and tell your partner that, you know, make what you shared with us, Adam, make sure your partner knows this because it sounds like you two have been going strong for a very long time and he's going to want to make this work for you. I, I could probably imagine, Adam, that your partner really wants you to participate in this just as much as he is. And he's going to want to like the, the triad thing or the, the working in the threes Lincoln, he's going to want to make this work for you. And the more you can communicate on how it's not just working wham bam like it does for the partner, I think there needs to be a little foreplay and a little that nurturing time that hopefully can get him into the mix. Because it sounds like, Adam, you want this. And where there's a will, there is a way. Lincoln, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I agree with everything you guys said, but for 180 degrees away from it, I would just accept who you are in the situation and that you're doing what you're doing. I have been in like four ways where one of the guys is like, yeah, I don't really get hard. I'm just having a good time. Or they say, I've been in situations where someone bottoms the whole time and they never want to come. It's coming. It's not the goal. So I would just take a breath and re-examine what what your goals are is it that you is that you truly want to get hard and come or are you okay with the fact that no i don't really need to come my partner's having a great time i am stimulated beyond control i, I if i get hard i do if i don't i don't you know like who who is who is setting up that as the beginning middle and end of what has to happen if it's something you really want to happen, I get it. But I'm just saying, accept you for where you are instead of always having this ideal of what this situation should look like and what you should participate in it with. Does that make sense? It does. Totally. And I also like that, okay, he cool. sh- I like that he shared, too, his past feelings when he was with a cisgender woman and how it he parlayed that. I, I love that you're doing the work to kind of look yeah. at your history. And that's sometimes a scary thing to do. And I think that can lead to some of the answers. I, it sounds like this is something you may want. And I also think 
if you didn't say this in there, but if you can really have an open communication with your partner on yep. this, on goals, that's goals the that key. You want to have. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. if you're too. doing it because you think your partner wants you to be hard the whole time or wants you to come or wants you, that he might not even think that. The other person might not even think that. So that communication is definitely the key. Lastly, Adam writes, also after my partner and I met in 2016, we realized that neither of us had bottomed or planned to. While I have learned to love bottoming for him, surprise, he writes, (laughs) (laughs) he has only bottomed for me twice and has never enjoyed it. Ideally, we'd be versatile. Obviously not a deal breaker for me, but do you have any advice on getting him to open up? Literally, (laughs) have any of you ever identified as one and learned to like the other. Any help is appreciated. I'm just going to go right to you, Cody, because I know. Mm-hmm. Okay. What are your thoughts on this? How yeah, to get a because... top to bottom. I think I got teach some classes <laughs> on that. In, in, in five easy steps. <laughs> I definitely recommend playing around back there some. that When you stimulate that area, it just opens up all the more. It opens up like a, a beautiful flower. And, <laughs> and a little bit of dirty talk too like the anticipation really really helps to get and then it's not a surprise when you're actually in the in the moment of actually in insertion so i i think talking to your partner about what you about getting them to anticipate you actually entering them and going oh and toys as well maybe play with toys around that area and just go to town and make sure that you are stimulating it and and it things will open up. Literally. Yeah, I have to agree with you that after, you know, Adam, kudos to you for this relationship four years in. And it sounds, I loved, you know, you seem so open. I just got that just from reading you writing in and I want, I really appreciate that and commend you for that. Um, I would just say the same thing too. open up to your partner and in the communication area, make this perhaps it's a great time as we talk about January to talk about goals for the new year. And some of them really need to be relationship goals and where we are at now. And if this is important to you, as Cody suggested, the the bottoming you have to start as dr goldstein always says or ask doctor of choice that you have to start you know small and it could be with the toys it could be when you're not having a you know somebody over in the open relationship department it could be just a night of you two and we're just going to play with this but there's so many intro ass toys that can make it a lot of fun and it sounds like four years in you guys know each other so intimately that you can make it really fun and i guarantee if you do it right those that say they don't like it it's not gonna hurt that you the prostate is something that is enjoyable and you can he can enjoy it on some level and i think you could get there but it has to be communicated and it has to be a skull that's set forth uh, lincoln what are your thoughts on this um i agree i sound like i'm answering the other question i agree i just wouldn't <laughs> rush it i would say hey in the next three weeks i'm gonna top you but between now and then maybe one night is just massage that sounds rushed oh, that sounds rushed to me <laughs> Or within like six, yeah, (laughs) fine, six months. But maybe one night is just a massage. Maybe one night is just um, a little play, and then 
you bought him again. Maybe, you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't, I, I, I just don't know if there's that much of a rush to do it all in with toys and with all that. Cause if it's not physical, maybe there's something mental there of why he doesn't yeah. enjoy it. It's not about a toy or things opening up because they're naturally supposed to maybe mentally that is something that he's going to think is going to hurt. And you're not going to get over that if you at all try and rush or don't let him take the time to be open to it. I love it. I hope that helps Adam. And if you got a sex conundrum or want some relationship advice from us, we love giving solicited advice. Go ahead and DM us at tags podcast on Instagram, or feel free to email us and you can find that on tags podcast.com lastly we were just talking about outdoor sex and if you are a little like i don't know if i should be peeing on this dune you can enjoy if you're coming to new york city a brand new exhibition that back in the 70s and early 80s the riverside western edge of manhattan was far less developed than it is today infamously many gay men went to the abandoned piers near christopher street looking for sex as a place to hang out and sunbathe during the summer months Fences around the piers kept most people out. However, the flimsy barricades were pretty easy to transverse if one wanted to do so. And there's a brand new photographer, or there's a photographer who's been around, Stanley Steller, and an exhibition of his pure photos arrives at the Cap Cap, K-A-P-P, Cap Cap Gallery in New York this weekend. And by seeing some of these photos it's really going to be a great exhibition nice. which starts this week um and goes through early february i will post this on tags podcast but could be a great thing if you're visiting new york city check this out i definitely want to check it out i was going to say or if you live here it. yeah yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's cool. Audience. And this, thanks so much, guys. This has been so much fun. Thanks for playing as always. We are celebrating in two weeks our five year anniversary of Tags Podcast, and I'm hoping to do a live virtual with all hosts. I'll Yay. check in with you all in a minute. Yay, but yeah, fun. So check in for that. You can always follow my host. Um, follow Lincoln at his protein bakery at protein bakery on Instagram or at mad Lincoln on Instagram. Follow Cody. He's a life coach at KMD Coaching, KMD Coaching, or his personal account, Mr. Maurice. As always, stay, be well, and in the meantime, continue having hot, hot gay, gay sex. sex. Yes. yes.